0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Welcome to Point Forward, a podcast that elevates the athlete conversation. Always above the rim, but never in bounds. I'm Andre Iguodala with my main man, Evan Turner.
2: On today's show, boxing. The Davis Romero fight set records. Meanwhile, MLB is dealing with a little boxing of its own. Nike serves StockX a lawsuit for selling fake shoes, while Marvel might be adding a fake Stan Lee in their upcoming films. Finally, England just held the richest game in football. And it's got us wondering, should we run our leagues like the Brits? Stick around in here. From New Amendment and Metalark Media, this is Point Forward.
1: Point Forward. This is Andre Iguodala. This is Evan Turner. We're trying to get to the true essence of not just basketball, but life. And that means something, 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 something.
0: It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory.
1: That level of understanding has been taken out of the
2: game. game. So, Dre, we wanted to start the show off with what's on everybody's mind, the Game 1 and NBA Finals. Right now, we're burning midnight oil. It's about an hour, hour and a half after Game 1. But before we jump into the depths of the game and everything, I want to give you your flowers since you give everybody else their flowers. Tonight marks the first game since uh, you played since the first round, but it also marks your seventh NBA Final appearance. And uh I think only 17 players have ever done it in NBA history. You done it seven times in eight seasons. So you like the snaps, man. You're giving much snaps to you and giving much love to you. Um you always set the standard and the precedent. So um appreciate you. So much love to you. How you feel about tonight's game? I guess it feels it feels different
1: coming from you. I don't think you know that. You know, like people, people don't know our relationship, you know, and you know, it's sad that as you know, African American men, we we don't appreciate each other enough, and we don't allow ourselves to embrace one another. So, you know how I am. You yeah. know, I got some pretty lofty goals in life. So, you know, it's almost like, ah, all right, I just I just did what I was supposed to do. I made the most of my moments, but and I never get a chance to really bask in moments or really, yeah. you know, understand the depths of what I've done because. You know, I really, truly respect the game. So yeah. I never I never say to myself, oh, I'm one of the greatest or I did things that never been done. It's just, all right, what's next? What's next? What's yeah. next? And and that's kind of that rat race that I, I understand. It's crazy when you really understand something, but you still yeah. go through it. You yeah, know, we've yeah. had those conversations yeah. in terms of, like, why am I doing this? I understand, like, what I'm doing and I'm understanding. And, like, you you really aren't supposed to be living like this in terms yeah. of how you you push yourself too far. But I'm still doing it. Yeah, those of course. People don't know. You're a I mean, coming from it. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But coming from you, it means a lot. You know, what I mean, so I appreciate you for saying that. Um, but tonight's game, you know, I I took losses really hard. Like the first, I don't know, twelve years of my career. Like yeah. I hated losing. Yeah. And it's eighty-two games. You can't take losses too hard in NBA because it says too many games, even playoff right. games, because you got to keep that 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 evenness. You know, uh, yeah, about yourself. You got to be even keeled. Um, but tonight's loss, uh, it bothered me on you know, so many different levels. But that drive home was really good. It's almost like, and hopefully I'm, I'm not rambling, but you know, Rory McElroy, you know, he really gets upset when he loses. And I'm always yeah. like, Rory, you wanted the best. Stop getting so mad. It's coming right back. But he's like, you know, I had to separate, you know, separate golf when I leave the course. I can't take it home with me. So right. I've been trying to work on that. The ride home was really good. Got to process a few things, but you know, truly really bothered um by the loss but you know kudos kudos to boston you know i I got some things that i saw from them that uh you know i truly respect and it's gonna it's gonna make us a better team um and and hopefully set up for it to be a really good series
2: yeah for sure the fourth quarter obviously they went crazy um yeah what did they start off nine for nine from the three-point line in the fourth quarter and uh it was a Derek White, Al Horford, Peyton Pritchard. They combined for like 13 and 19. Smart hit four for seven from the three throughout the game. They were 21 from 40 from the three. Tatum only had 12 points. And what was so crazy was you guys dominated, you know, basketball, is such a game of runs. You guys dominated damn near 80% of the game. You know what I mean? You see Steph Curry comes out 21 points in the first quarter. Most in the finals yep. appearance since Michael Jordan in 93. Yep. Broke his own NBA, broke his own first quarter record with six threes and everything. Like it was yep. so many highs. You played great tonight. You had yep. dunks and amazing behind the back passes. Like there was great energy out there, and I thought like you know the 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 mood, the flow, the vibe of uh, Chase Arena, you know, was was unbelievable. But you know, yeah, that was that was again. like
1: the first. That was one of the first ones where it was like, okay, Chase is, Chase gets it, and it had that Oracle vibe to it. So I appreciate really? too. You're right. Was it close to
2: Oracle or no?
1: It's, it's, it's close. It's not. It's not code, but yeah. I, like tonight, I was like, I appreciate y'all. Y'all, y'all yeah. did what y'all supposed to do tonight. Like we didn't get the W, but y'all, yeah. like the, our fans, like that that crowd, they did what they supposed to do tonight. That the
2: vibe was really good. Yeah, that energy too. <laughs> it definitely felt like a finals vibe. I was watching it from home, and I was like, damn, it's low key. It's smoky in there. It's cracky. You, you, you can feel right. the tension. You know what I mean? How you guys mm-hmm. came out? Definitely though. Give kudos to you, and you know, obviously Steph Curry. He really sets the tone. You know, he came out. Yep and showed experience. Obviously everybody in your lineup, most of the guys on your team has tons, unlimited finals experience. And most of the guys on the Celtics don't have any. So I noticed the beginning, like the first three quarters of the game, you could really tell who had been there before, who had really, yep. you know, yep. swung the ax, um, you know, to say the least. So mm-hmm. what do you think throughout mm-hmm. the game? Like, how do you feel when you guys were playing? Like, where did you think it changed? Do you think the momentum was something like, yeah, yeah, well, it's two key moments.
1: And uh, I, I've been asking myself this question a few times mm-hmm. in the key moments. And, you know, how I get, you know, I, yeah. can, I can think too deep. And, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, I don't want you to answer it, but I'm telling you what I was thinking. I was thinking, are, are we bad for basketball? Like, I was thinking, are the Outer Warriors bad yeah. for basketball? I'm going to ask CT, what does he think about that? And obviously, we play beautiful. People say they love us. But the flow of the game, like, even we went up 10 in the first yeah. half. And I was like, all right, this next like minute is important. And that's what, you know, inexperience from, you know, like our bench has to like understand, Yeah. yeah. like going up 10, like yes. the next minute is super important. Like two or three possessions, making sure, because them young boys ain't going to stop coming at us. Like them young boys yeah. are going to keep coming over and over
2: and over again. Like they going to applying pressure. You, yeah. Sometimes you just got to exist. You don't like – that minute, right. gotta we, gotta, be, we, that, we don't we don't, have, don't to have to increase the lead. Yeah, you just that minute just got to be efficient. Like you just have to exist. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's get fourteen or sixteen. Like no, this is for stepping them to take a break. Let's
0: do not do let the job. game
2: be. Yeah, don't turn yep. it over. Get the rebound. Yep. yep. Walk it up. Yep. Use use the clock. Use the cuts. Extra pass. So mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Exactly,
1: and just simplify the game. When you go yeah. up ten. It means simplify even more. Now you're yeah, really trying right. to hit a single. Like, you're not yeah. going for home runs. You're not going for triples. You're not yeah. trying to steal no bases. Just go for the single. Right. And, you know, like a few, like, like, small things that you can't see unless you, one of us who yeah. really know the game, it affects the game. And it's like, come on, man. Like, we were right there. So they get back into it. They go up two at halftime, right? We down two a half? It's like, oh, man. Then it happens again in the second half. We went up like 15, 14, whatever it was, yeah. and I'm like, all we need is one play. To, 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 it's like we can knock him out with a layup, yeah. and Jordan Poole, uh, we get like a long rebound. He just go with it. We good, but Jalen Brown makes a great play to get a steal, and they get a bucket, yeah. and it was like, and it was like, boom, boom, those things that the naked eye can't see that you and I know about, Yeah, and this is what we mean by how momentum can change. And yeah. what we read, that the stupid ass article that said momentum isn't real, right? Yeah, no, and it
2: is. I mean,
1: momentum I mean, was real tonight.
2: Yeah, because they only played like 12 or 13 minutes of good basketball. And, and, and it was and, all in the last six minutes of the game, or not uh, even the last each six half, minutes like, of, each, of each half. Like each half was going around, yeah.
1: Correct. And, and they were struggling with that against Milwaukee where they were, they gave up leads into the game and Milwaukee yeah. stole a game or two from them. And yeah. then even Miami might've took a game, but they yeah. kind of like learned from that. And then they did it to nah. us. Yeah. But that, but that shooter was, like, was
2: crazy, bro. That shooter was it's all crazy. momentum. Yeah. Like you just need to go in and you
1: just yeah. need to get a good look. Cause now Absolutely. you're like, I'm getting a
2: good, I just need a good look. And we got,
1: we got stuck in quicksand on a few good defensive drives where it's like, yeah. you know how basketball goes when you contain in the guy yeah. and you don't need help, but you yeah. got a guy that might help. And he, he knows he's a, like, the principle is to trap the box or be in a position to help on a drive. Yeah. And you kind of, you're in help for a drive, but you don't need to be. Right. right. And right. the weak side swing to the corner, opposite corner. Yeah. Jalen oh, Brown,
2: ca- Brown hits a big one. Yeah. Hey, we Pitcher called that one. out. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, man, this is butt naked open over here. And it was a we got we got caught looking a
1: few times. There's a couple guys that got caught looking, staring yeah. watching oh, the drive gosh. and the man yeah. and their relocation is big. And you go back to them San Antonio Spurs days. Like I'll break it down as the season goes further of the series goes further and further, or when a series is over, you know, when or yeah. lose, you know, like there are some things that I'm learning a lot about this Boston team. A lot of things I'm learning about ourselves. And I mean setting up like their Achilles, they 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 are our Achilles Hill and, and we do things that are, are their Achilles Hill. So you know, it's an interesting matchup, but you know, there, there are some things that the naked eye can't see that you know it really hurt me to the core tonight and I was pretty upset about.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but those boys went and did what they had to do and took a game. And now like
2: your mentor you really tested. Like we did, yeah, we just talked about the Roley Romero situation or the mentor of like the athletes. Right. Like, I don't think we lost about- a lo-
1: I don't think I don't think we lost a game one in the series. No, in the series. Except series. for Toronto, I think we might have lost game one. We
2: talked but we the other haven't... day about yeah. when you guys almost had a game one loss versus Kawhi with the yep. you know, yep. ankle thing. But when it comes down to it, obviously, people like to read too much into it and body language mm-hmm. and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all could have just been tired. But what's the momentum? What's the feeling? What's the energy like? What was it like after the game? Like, I know Clay was yeah. kind of pumping people up. Like, come on, we're good. Like, we've been here before. Like, yeah, because you...
1: That's the mental side of an athlete that yeah. people don't understand. How the that's when you when we speak on outside noise yeah. not affecting you. When you had that first loss and it normally doesn't happen to you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how you respond is big. And when now twenty four news coverage is on this one series, so they don't go off and pay attention to another team. Yeah, yeah. they don't go off into like some like on ESPN. It's owned by who? Disney, right? Yes. And Disney owns ABC, correct? Right. They pay a big, they pay a large amount of money to host the NBA finals, right? As well as the, yeah. the NBA games, right? So they're incentivized to maximize the coverage so more people can write, watch the game. Right. Because it's advertising dollars. They need, they need those live eyeballs for advertising. Because that's, that's the meat and potatoes of right. professional sports, right? Mm-hmm. No more live TV except us. So you can kind of guarantee how many people are going to watch. You can guarantee you can charge somebody a certain amount of money. They paid us. Now they got to make that money back. So they this just, is just round the clock. So it's not going to stop. And if you tap in too much into just – normally most athletes leave ESPN on the TV and just stuck there all day, right? Yeah. If you, if you let that get to you too much, it will play a role in your
2: psyche oh, playing no. a basketball
1: game.
2: Man, that's real. Sometimes even as a fan, like I remember the – the 2020 bubble. I remember when the Lakers won and I look back on it and I'm like, I can't believe I let the media or whoever else make me believe that two of the top five players in the world would struggle to win a champion. Like, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, at least at that moment, I'm like, it's Brian and AD, no matter what, up until that point, you're going to have a great chance at winning. And what the stats say or analytics say or whatever else, Brian is going to the championship every year up until that point. Like, you know what I mean? Voila. So, so like, when it comes down to that, it's like, all right, bro, I know what you know, but, you know, you, you know what you know. Simple as that. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Know you the Warriors. Right. Know you have experience. Comprehend, like, all right, bro, we have a number one and number two defense going up against yep. each other. One yep. of the top offenses. The game's going to be yep. close. The room yep. for error. When you have man. them down 15, you can't you yep. can't fall sleeping on a weak side three for 12. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. you can't yep. keep yep. trying to challenge Rob Williams. That gives them momentum. Yep. Uh, you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. you, you, you yeah. can't give them more possessions. You already done the job, especially after giving up the lead a couple of times. It's easier right. said than done, of course. But this team is dangerous.
1: Yeah. Right and, and now, they're dangerous. They are dangerous. And we we've given up, we've given up ten point leads in you the first half. Yeah. Throughout every series that we've been in. Yeah. And it's like, all right, now we have get to a level where that can't happen anymore. And you know, there's there's some things that you know how this thing works. Like yeah. we, don't cha- we don't want to change this channel. We don't want nobody to change this channel. Leave it at that. But Clay had a great point in saying, you yeah, know, do you know who we are? And Clay always does that. Clay's like, y'all know who we are, right? And sometimes me being who I am, you know, I'm like, man, I don't want to hear all that. No, they need to. Mm-hmm. We need to
2: understand now it's a standard it's a level you can't drop a championship standard or level like that's how the game goes correct like like we look back on it and be like we've never done this before why are we doing this now it's a new beast like we're not the same young like we're going up against a new group you guys know how serious this game is this team was brilliantly put together on both sides like yep yep and but i do give craig Clay, credit because you
1: do have to remind yourself who you are. Because confidence yeah, is a maker or breaker in this league, not just in the league, but in the finals. If you don't have Absolutely. confidence in the finals, you did. So, you know, I was I was looking around. I've been asking myself this all year. You know, I'll I'll, I'll never be a coach in the NBA. It's only one scenario where I ever coach in the NBA. It's only one scenario. And it's like worst case scenario. I but I will never. <laughs>
0: <Nah>.
1: <laughs> I would never coach. But I ask certain questions. It's just like, how do you find that fine line between? holding guys accountable and putting the hammer down and giving them confidence. That's, that's something yeah. I'm trying to figure out because I can get on a guy over and over and over again, but you do it so much. You kill his confidence and you've taken away what he really does. Great for you. And it's like, Oh man, I can't replace what he does. And I didn't took it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, clay is perfect, perfect, perfect. What he said. Um, and I got a lot of motivation, man. Like I'm really excited about this thing. Like I've been in the finals a lot, like that whole final stuff. Don't phase me. It's all. a new. Yeah anyway and yeah, for you know sure. dog and pony show around the game but the game is the game and it's like seven know, different um, uh super bowls basically with exactly. the media and yeah. All that. yeah exactly so um i can't wait to go to the gym tomorrow
2: i think uh, i think hope. one thing to talk about is actually kind of you know beautiful especially coming from a situation uh of, you know, me, I never made it to NBA finals or anything. And when we speak on what you've done, like the levels of it, seven finals in eight seasons, only 17 players yeah. ever done that. Like, yeah. you know, when you sharpen your blade, obviously, over time, it becomes sharper in a motherfucking. And obviously, your mental condition, can take so much. So, like, right now, to the average person, you're in the heat of battle. It's on the biggest stage and all this and the other. And it's like, it's funny to see you breathe through it all. Like in a in mm-hmm. a mental in a mental situation, like some people be uptight, some people be upset, and say, like, yeah. "No, nah, let me yeah. let me break this down, let me figure this out." And it's like before, unless you know it or not, like you're down one game at home, and it's like 0 for 82, and you look at this shit like it's gravy. Like, you know what I mean? That's kind of impressive, and that's I mean yeah. that's a certain level of yeah. imperialism yeah. that you hit where yeah. you can't yeah. overlook it. That's yeah. unbelievable. You understand I- what I'm saying?
1: No, I are we on the same page. You know, we, yeah. we think on the same wavelength, and I put Caban yeah. Looney out at the same thing. And, you know, I had a couple people coming to me after my first six minutes. They was like, bro, you look amazing. I'm yeah. like, I, I'm I'm thinking like, not really. Like, I just did what I was supposed to do. Like, what the game say, do it. And they like, no, 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 you look really good. All like, right. Nah, bro. I just did my job. But yeah. with what you just said, that mental conditioning. And I told Loon mid-game, I'm like, bro, this got a finals vibe to it. But I don't feel nothing like, yeah. you know, the kids say they got ice in their veins. Like, I would never say something like that. But I know the type of brain that I have. And out yeah. there, I'm just thinking the game two steps ahead. Like, I know this one mistake I made. I was so mad yeah. while it happened. You know, Grant Hill, Grant Williams, uh, you know, shooting amazing from the corners. But he's been shooting the ball well. Yeah, for sure. love the break too. Yeah. And he, it was early in the game. He wasn't in long enough to just let one fly. And, he, and I bit on the pump fake because we gave up a middle drive. And I can't. Most guys would say, man, I had to help giving up middle drive. And that's why I bit on the pump fake. But I, like, I know better. And I'm, you know, I had to have faith that another guy could read what I read after he beat me on the, on the, on the drive. It wasn't middle, but he pumped fake and got right his first half in front of our bench. And I could have X, but it was my fault. And uh, we gave up a opposite corner three. We've been talking about that all night, and that was the one mistake I think I really made. I had a turnover. I was pretty pissed about. uh, I got hit on the on the bad shoulder, and uh, I I, I was I was hot about that one. Um, But but other than that, like my brain was just on point. And it's not normal to not play that long and then go back in your first game is in the finals. And if we're if we're regular season. I wouldn't have came back tonight.
2: Yeah, for sure. But,
1: but you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, let me go do my job.
2: Yeah, and you and snapped I- into a slim jump. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, your body or yeah like you, you snapped right into yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you, did, and, and you, I- you look championship ready. You look great. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, even some of your feels it cut me, you got, like, baseline dunk, your read. Like, you saw yeah. that two steps behind. Like, the, behind the back. A couple times, I had to be like, is that Dre? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. legit, yeah. Your, your movement and yeah. everything was flawless. It was great. And, and, and my young boy, uh, I'm guarding
1: Tate. I'm like, I'm 30. I have been thought about this like seven times this year. Nah, 70 times this year. I ain't been in that many games. But a lot of situations, I'm like, man, I'm 38, man. This dude 23 years old, man. Somebody else come guard this dude. But yeah. tonight, I was like, oh, no, I got JT. And I know I got to be super locked in because this is he brought the they brought the hand in the league yeah you know what I mean like yeah like basically. we gotta we gotta we gotta hold him off I'm like yo we gotta hold yeah. this cat off this year man don't, don't don't let him get one too early but I know like Gardner's got like yo this guy this guy's tough you know what I mean so you pay him that respect but at the same time he's like oh, I am who I am I've been here a while like he gonna feel me so yeah it's gonna be an interesting series you know we 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 just got to make sure we stay locked in and and you know this was big for their confidence because they're young and inexperienced and they got this win. Now it's on us to respond and we can't be, you know, we got to come out ready for like a a 12 round Tyson fight. So, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be, it's going to be set up for uh, an exciting series. um, I should say.
2: Yeah. So you compared, uh, you did what my, uh, it's funny you bring it up on the next topic. You said a uh, 12-round Tyson fight. Um, your boy, Mark Jackson, always compares things to a boxing match as well. Yeah, so true. true. What would you think tonight playing in the game, an all-black commentating crew? I think it was, was it Mark Jackson, Mark Jones, and uh, Lisa Salters. Lisa Salters. Lisa, Lisa Salters. 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 Yeah, so sorry. She's yeah. always showing love. She's always showing yeah. love
1: to me, too. Bro.
2: Yeah, always great. Now, what do you think about that? That's big time, especially when, you know, earlier in, a, in, a, in our podcast journey, Isaiah was talking about how important— yeah. It was yeah. get our own black media and everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was big. And I don't even think we talk about it enough or it's sad that we even got to mention that. Like, how, why is it now? And at the yeah, same yeah. time, I just got asked. This is the first time we had half the coaches in the league are black coaches. And like, this never happened. Yeah. And I had a statement I made. Um, Tyloo hit me up and was like, I appreciate you. Because I was like, before Tyloo, you got one shot. You got That's one right. shot. Yeah. unless you were one of the token guys and they just keep recirculating you. But you get one shot as a former yeah. player that had game to get it right. If not, they get rid of you and that's it. Yeah, And mm-hmm. that was that was always the narrative. And I was like, Ty- Tyrone Lue then went out there and debunked back. Now he's one of the most feared coaches in the NBA. Yeah, he, out, and he
2: out coaching people too, bro. Yes, like,
1: he is. No matter what lineup he got, he figured it out. Which leads me yeah. to, I read something today that was so interesting and I'm like, I can't wait. Like I can't let another week or weeks go by and, and this is a topic in another week. Yeah. Phil, Knight, Phil Knight put a bid in for the Portland Trailblazers, correct?
2: Yes, yes, yes. That's crazy. Damn.
1: And you know how we think. You mean to tell me that players can't have ownership stake in teams? But the founder, uh, former CEO of, uh you know, we've had a lot of conversations about Nike. I used to be a yeah, yeah. athlete and how Nike's been able to insert themselves into culture. And yeah. they're like a staple of culture now. And, you know, we hear Master P talk about it. We hear Dame Dash talk about it. It's like, how y'all keep going to this spot? Y'all making them the culture. And, yeah. you know, when the culture is making... Stuff from the culture is like, y'all don't really accept it as much. Yeah. And what, you know, what, through, co- through youth basketball, AAU, Nike camp, and all those things, to college basketball and, you know, licensing rights and how many units they move because they, you know, they build programs. Nike is more important and part of the program than anything else. You know, I remember getting yeah. recruited by Arkansas and they just went to Nike the year before I, I would have got there. And my stepfather was like, you know, y'all wouldn't, who y'all with? He's like, we were Reebok, but we'll be with Nike next year. And he was like, you know, that's important. And I'm thinking to myself, not really, but that really does mean something. Yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Like, that's yeah. big. And
2: then Nike just. You know, I always say, even say the Nike players get the first invites to, you know, Team USA and everything like that as well. I remember Brandon Jennings was arguing with that. that was a, that's an Under Armour guy as well. And-, and, 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 and I'll be signed with Nike thinking,
1: I don't think I can make the 2012 Olympic team unless I'm a Nike guy because I'm the fringe pick. Like, yeah, I ain't yeah. the white and you see the white in the in the team photo and Coach K sitting in front of them. You can't see them shoes. So yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's, it's like I, like things like that that the naked eye can't see, and that's the naked eye meaning the consumer, the fan that yeah. looking
2: to things the same way we do. And at that time, it was like borderline. Like you switched to Under Armour, Adidas. They coming right through it. Rudy Gay. You know, y'all was y'all was neck and neck on who coming through this door. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> time, so yeah. it's like,
1: man, let me. Let me take less money. You know, I think I had an Under Armour offer for like a million a year, and I took I took less than half of that to yeah, stay with Nike because I was like, all because of what an accomplishment. And they say you you know your legacy yeah, for forever, but yeah, what does that even mean? Like, what does legacy even mean? Come from somewhere else. The only legacy that I I believe in now is generational wealth. And yeah. you mean to tell me that? I don't know. What's your take? Can Phil Knight own a basketball team being a founder of Nike and Nike being such a big part of not just basketball, but the NBA and there's a salary
2: cap in place. You know, you can't uh, circumvent the salary cap. Yeah, it's like a monopoly. Yeah, I mean, when you break it down, I mean, it's definitely a conflict of interest. All right. I ain't saying you said it. Yeah, no, it's definitely a conflict of interest. And it's like, my whole thing is if, if, if there's a lot of stuff we can't do you understand what I'm saying right. so right it, it's let us do it open up the floodgates for us to invest or you know what I mean or or get what? into like to have those opportunities to dive yeah. into uh yeah. it's yeah. not even a conversation if it's somewhat iffy they'll, they'll just yeah. break it down via policy and be like no you can't do that just because of this or you can't invest in that because of this or that like Phil I just made, made a $2 billion offer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing that scares me is,
1: am I giving up too much? Me giving a game to folks and exposing them to the things that are happening in these worlds, is that going to keep me from getting in those doors? Because it's like, nah, you're saying too much. It's almost like being a sacrificial lamb. That's what I'm most afraid of. Yeah. But at the same time, I will never change who I am. And yeah. I'll just figure out another way. Like, like, that is what I mean by I've been most so motivated today by so many different things, from playing in the finals to losing in yeah. the finals to seeing certain things move the way they move. And I'm like, this is giving me even more, like, inspiration to, like, just try to, like, go at the system. And I'm not saying yeah. anyone's holding me back and, like, who am I? Because, like, look, certain guys can do it because they brought so much to yeah. the league that you yeah. got to let them do it. Shout out to LeBron.
2: No, 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 of course. He just that made was a billion big. dollars today. I'm, I'm, and he probably should have been a billionaire from back in the big. day. People, people have been banking on him since. You know what I mean? Yep. But, Amazing. I think some, but drafting sometimes, too, when you break it down, every now and then you can overthink it. But, like, I mean, like they say, you can move like Ye, you can move like Jay. You know what I'm saying? And, uh-huh. You know, it's ch- in that uh-huh. sense, sometimes it could just be chess. And it's like, you see how Jay slowly, like you always tell me, take your time and slowly yeah. start moving the pieces around. Like, you know what I mean? It's a long marathon. Before you know it, you're going to have motherfuckers crypt walking at the Super Bowl. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, and that thing. But, but um, bringing it back to this, you know, um, to finish it off or whatever, is uh, you're going in the game too. Obviously, it has to be a must win. It'll be tough going into Boston down, you know, 0-2 clearly. So, yeah. what do you think you're, you know, obviously the team, do they kind of know their mindset? Are you guys bringing that up, or is it just like, yo, we're getting four, let's get this four? You know what I mean? It's an, inter- it's an interesting psyche to have, I will say that, because we've
1: been in a position where we want, We went up 2, even went up 3-0, and it's like, well, just put them away. And, and we haven't been yeah. able to do that on the road this year. Um, so, now we got to do it at home where it's like, it's almost like a must win. You know what yeah. I mean? But I think when you play good basketball, the basketball guys will reward you. You know, right. so 80% of the game, like you said, we did what we were supposed to do. And we just got to clean up the small, small things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, sometimes you say if, if like it's like the 2015 series, I'm finally MVP. And the reporters were asking LeBron. Uh, the matchup with Iguodala, you know, he's giving you a lot of problems. And LeBron is looking at them like, yo, you idiots. We letting us do- We picked him to beat us. If he beats us, we go home and say, all right, he beat us. But yeah. it wasn't a matchup with me and LeBron. But I was guarding him, and I was just yeah, trying to make his life hell. He's still going to get what he got to get to. I was yeah. like, I gotta- you could get 40, but you're going to have to get it. Uh, a tough 40 yeah. and LeBron saying like, man, we leaving this dude wide open. Yeah. He just got to beat us. And he did that. But y'all saying me, and him going up against each other. And I know that look in the eye, LeBron's like, man, this dude ain't on my level. And I'm sitting back laughing because I'm hearing what LeBron saying, but they don't hear what LeBron saying. Cause they just don't know. They don't have a yeah. degree.
2: Yeah, 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 just
1: said that you just said that in the last series. So, um, that's a part of it too. You know, it was like, are, is there certain guys it's like he, if this guy, if, if those three guys, make that many threes and they only missed two or three of them it's like you got to pat them on the back but big shout out to marcus smart marcus smart makes some big timely shots no one's going to talk about and you know that's the that's the heart of a champion so i think you got two championship teams and may the best man win
0: support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity VAN29.com.
1: Hey there, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast. And yes, we are in the thick of the college hoop season. Our pod runs at least three times a week and covers everything you need to know from the power conference team to the mid majors, the scoops, the stories, game predictions, previews, huge recaps, everything. We cover it all. To find us, search Ion College Basketball Podcast wherever. You get your pods.
2: Dre, I know it's a week later, but I'm still watching the highlights of that Tank versus Rolando Romero fight. Buddy caught Romero in the sixth round with the left hook. TKO night-night. The fight set an attendance record at Barclays. It clears something like $5 million at the gate. More than that, I feel like the glory days of boxing are back. Am I wrong for saying that?
1: No, you're not. And I think boxing has become sort of like the dunk contest
2: yeah.
1: where you get those years where it's like some amazing dunkers and it's like, it's back. The dunk contest is back. And it's right. like, no, we just got some really amazing high flyers. Like we had Aaron Gordon and we had Zach Levine and it kind of held it down. Those two years felt like five to 10 years, but it was only two years. Well, once they leave, it goes back to being a dud. And I think we, you know, we can take athletes for granted. Floyd was incredible. yeah, And sure. I think we're feeling, we're feeling the effects of Floyd being gone and trying to figure that out. And Canelo, whether people want to hear this or not, Canelo is kind of like we've had these conversations with Holly Berry. Canelo's kind of had like Holly Berry films, like low key. He only had like two great fights, and yeah. he had a bunch of duds. Yeah. He had a couple good knockouts, but low key, I think he lost to a couple guys. He lost to Lara. I think he lost this another kid. I think he lost to I forget his name. People and, think I, he, and lost he lost to triple G. G. Yeah, it's- he lost to triple G. Triple G might have beat him twice. So. Like he didn't have some fights. It's like, ah, uh, and then he just went too far above his weight class. And they and De La Hoya, whether you like him or not, had a great point. And he was De La Hoya was like, I don't know, bro. That's not that's not good promoting. Like who who told you to take that fight? So yeah. we're in that weird space in boxing, but I think it might be back. And I've been liking this 140, 147, yeah. that weight class. Uh, it's like 10 of those guys, like yeah, Danny Garcia. They're
2: dropping up and down between like 130, 135, like that area. And they fighting each yeah, other. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and you got
1: yeah. uh, you got the Garcias. You got two Garcias. You know, you got Porter. You yeah, got Javante. Yeah. Errol um, And then you got the Errol Spence. And Ryan then you got Garcia's. a Bud Crawford. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, Ryan Garcia. You got yeah. some guys that – they. They fighting each other, they're not they're not ducking nobody.
2: Yeah, it's like the NBA and now. You have great older players now and great younger players now to go head to head. It's not just one, you know, top heavy generation, you know. So correct. And when you and, correct. And I feel like when you break them down to uh with Canelo to a certain extent, he was in a he was in the middle of an era where he was ready. He was more ready for people and there was nobody around. You know what I mean, and then guys finally caught up. So for a minute to keep this hype up, after Triple G, he had to go force a fight versus Danny Jacob. Like like not force it, but you know what I mean. There wasn't true, true, there wasn't much around. Unlike now, where you know you got lucky and blessed with a class that's filled with ten or eleven fighters that are about to have to fight.
1: I agree, and and but I think we got this up and coming kid in Javante Davis that he keeps proving that he's that guy, and. We always talk about, you know, is that gatekeeping? And Mike yeah. Tyson has spoke about him. And uh, what's the kid Porter? What's Porter? Sean, Sean, Sean Porter. Sean Porter. Yeah. And I, yeah, I met Sean when he was up and coming, and we've had a couple of texts, and I'm asking dude. him questions about Javante. And he's like, "Yo, Javante's that dude." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, that's all it takes. All it takes is one yeah. of their greats to tell me that another guy's great. You don't have to convince me." And then Mike Tyson, I saw a clip, Mike Tyson speaking of Javante, said, "Yo, this young kid's a bull. He's an animal." with an actual skill set. Yeah. and You know, we always talk about there's a difference between talent and skill. I mean, we on to have our day where we define the two and how they're different, but this kid has both, which makes them scary. Mm-hmm. And my issue with boxing sometimes is you'll get a boxer, like a great guy like Gervonta, and then he'll fight a guy you never heard of, and then it'll just be a crazy uh, rollout up to the fight. It makes you think like, Oh, man, these dudes hate each other. It's going to be a good fight. But I'm always looking like, who is this kid and who has he fought? Yeah. You got him undefeated, but he ain't really tapped yeah. in with nobody. Javante's last fight was really good. The kid he's last fought was probably his best.
2: Yeah, Pitbull. Isaac, uh, What's what's it? Pitbull, yeah.
1: That was a great fight. So this kid, I'm not knowing him as well, not familiar, not a household name. And I'm just like, here we go again. You get you a a, a w. But this kid brought something that Javante hadn't seen.
2: Yeah, and to Roly's defense, too, roly has been a dog, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he worked out at the Mayweather gym. Remember yep. back when Ryan Garcia was calling out Javante's name, Mayweather was like, bet, yep. fight fight Roly first, and then I'll let ah. you fight Javante." And remember, Ryan was like, no, I'm trying to fight Javante." He's like, no, go fight Roly first. And if you go on YouTube, you can see some sparring sessions of Roly getting the best, in my opinion, a better of Ryan Garcia. It's only sparring, but you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Right. And I remember right. being i remember being in 2015, I was with uh, Isaiah Thomas on the Celtics. I remember he told me about Javante Davis because, you know, he's uh, mm-hmm. best friends of Floyd. And he yep. was, he showed me clips. He's like, apparently Floyd said this is the one. He's like, this yep. is the next big thing. He's like, he, he's putting all his money on him. He's the truth. And mm-hmm. like, this is 2015. This is one of the greatest of all time
0: saying yep. that and one seven thing, years ago
2: yeah and one thing I appreciate about Javante is how professional he's gotten over the years he has some speed bumps at the beginning but I think his focus I think his intelligence in and outside the ring there's something just clicking there that has taken him to a different level of fighting I think three or four years ago he might have changed the war words with Roley like he did with uh what's my man out of Philly former champion out of Philly um Car something car I think. But he's five, five. They would go back and forth and I think Roley at that time was too emotional. I mean, Javante was too emotional at the time. This fat, last fight versus Roly I think like his poisonous ring, his poisonous press conference and everything really showed what type of fighter and champion we're watching because a lot of people show up and they want the Mike Tyson thing where they want to knock him out right away if he's not knocked out in the first few rounds they say it's a dud, but I've always thought Javante's skill set was so great where it's like, yo, this dude is right. he's overcoming being hurt. When he hurt his hand versus um, Pitbull, he legit yep. used one hand in the championship rounds and basically ducked and got the win. Like, And then he knocks yep. people out, the stronger and stronger he goes. You understand what I'm saying? Like, Speaking of that. Did he hurt his hand against uh Roley? Because I, I, I think they said he sh- didn't threw a punch and he was like, ah, and he pulled yeah.
1: back. No. I heard it in the fight, and I'm like, Oh, I hope he didn't hurt his hand again, man. I got a little nervous for him.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think they said he did, though. I, I think he said that he was oh, okay. okay. He was like, Why why is everybody saying that? But I mean, I'm a big fan. He beat Santa Cruz, man, dropped Santa Cruz, took out Mario Barrios. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And this dude is five five. He's yeah. not five seven, he's not five eight, he's five five. Like it's crazy.
1: What I enjoyed most about the fight is, because I reluctantly ordered the fight. Like, let me watch the fight. Oh, really? It better be a good fight. Because I didn't know too much about, I didn't know as much about Roley. Yeah, Roley. So I'm always afraid of, yo, don't have me watch a fight with a guy that shouldn't be in there. But when I saw Roley's energy, when the fight first started, because everybody's going to say, I'm going to knock you out in the first round. Roley, he hasn't done as much media training as he will do going forward. Like, this is a big thing for him. Like, because the media part of the whole fight. Yeah, because he's it, up and it, down it wasn't, with it. Yeah. It, wasn't in the, it wasn't in his favor. And I understand where Javante was coming from in terms of, like, I'm glad I didn't fight this guy last year because my emotions would have got the best of me. Yeah. But you can see Javante, like, had to pick it apart. Like, Javante said, I felt that first shot. And it's like, okay, it's going to take me a little bit longer. I got to really, I got to start uh, putting that data in my mind like Floyd does round yeah. after round, just keep putting that data in and just keep finding yeah. my spots. Because what I saw from Roley, he kept throwing that right, but he's throwing his right, he was moving and his head was going yeah. right forward
2: right with the right in. hand and it yeah. was
1: exposing himself. And then you start seeing Javante, who's a southpaw, countering with his left, his that yeah. lead left, and Floyd is his lead right when he's countering off the jab. And that's when ultimately knocked him out. He just said, I put the hook there and just left it there and just ducked that out the way because he threw a one-two at him, a right-left, yeah. and he threw the, threw the left hook and it was off the back foot because I'm watching the fight, and I go back and watch. Was, yeah, was moving him back a lot of fights, yeah, pressure on him. He's moving him back a lot of
2: fights, yeah, yeah.
1: And the commentator was like, Broly looks like is fighting as the bigger fighter." I'm like, "Yo, Javante is like on on the move." Yeah, and he was. I was. I thought somebody was gonna get it. I'm like, "Yo, yeah. one of these going finna get knocked out." And I was truly, I had that. You know, you get that feeling in a fight, like you yeah. start sweating, but you ain't moving. It's like, whoa, I feel this energy. It yeah. was an amazing fight, man. Like it, it was a really good fight. And when I saw the knockout replay bro. live, I'm, I said to myself, right, bro. bro, he threw it off the back foot yeah, and got up out of there. And I'm like, how did he knock him? And then when he did the interview, he said, I wasn't trying to throw it hard. I was just trying to throw something and get out the way. And he just
2: yeah, jumped. ran into it. Yeah, jumped into it. Yeah.
1: So here's a question for you. I tweeted this. With that, what happened to him- because Roly was undefeated too. Yeah. That is a big deal for your first loss to be a, like that. Yeah. It does a lot to your confidence and your mentals. We talk about taking care of your ch- mentals yeah. and your chi- chickens. Yeah. Them first losses can make or break your, your career. And I always go back to um, – Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner was yep. the next one. My and what Medina did to him and Floyd's dad after the fight was like, yo – he shot, that's 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 the type of things that happen to a fighter, and you'll look back five, ten years, and be like, yo, that was a fight that, it took, he took a real shot, like, it's like yeah. it was like four or five fights in one because of what it does to your
2: confidence because yeah. of how you got beat and you're on the ground, more, and you're on the ground like, he was on the ground three or four times it's most he probably ever been on the ground in a fight fam, the interesting thing about that was I knew when he got hit and he fell forward he was
1: trying to find himself it was almost like when when Roy Jones Jr. took his first L, yeah, and he got knocked out, yeah, and he couldn't. He, it was the same exact thing. He couldn't catch himself. It was almost like he knew, like I got to get up, but my legs and my brain ain't on the same page. And the ref called it. He didn't fight it, and the ref really gave him like fourteen seconds. Yeah, you look yeah, back that's at real.
2: It. yeah, yeah.
1: And it was like step. To your left and buddy couldn't move he kept stepping forward all I kept thinking was whoa this is going to affect him mentally more than people even know like this is the part that people don't understand about athletes like that confidence is huge and I realized the way he walked out the fight like, like he didn't do the post-fight yeah, press no, conference no. I feel like the they ring. made him
2: leave I feel like they made him leave
1: no I don't think they made him leave I think he came to his senses came back and he was like what happened Because it was like a good minute and a half. Like it was a minute and 30 seconds. I think he couldn't come to his, he couldn't get his bearings straight. When he finally came to, I think he was like, what happened? His dad was like, man, we lost. He was like, huh? He was like, yeah, we we got knocked. We got KO'd. He was like, oh, oh, oh. And it's like panic because you never had that feeling. You don't know how to react. Like people don't understand, like why would an athlete act this way? You know, there's just like fight or flight responses. And the first thing he thought of was like, oh, it's over. Like my career's over. And he just got out the ring. And you see him grab for his dad, he was like, come on, dad, come on, dad, I need you, dad. And I was like, man, that that is bigger than just, like, a guy getting knocked out. I I saw him as a human, like, whoa, like, all that work he put in, this is going to, like, kind of hurt us, how he comes back. But on the flip side, what would you do if you're Javante and the dude's asking for a rematch?
2: I would base it off how respectful he was. You know what I mean? Like, how much I like him, I comprehend how much I'm changing his life with the pay-per-view. The opportunity, mm-hmm. I think Danny Garcia, former champion, used to always say, only, only champions get rematches. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's all he ever says: was mm-hmm. only champions get rematches. I will also weigh pros and cons on, I mean, Shakur Stevenson's calling out Javante next. You understand True. what I'm saying? And I forgot about him. Yeah, Shakur. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Devin Haney's about to go fight Cam Bosa. Devin Haney. You understand? Like, who knows yep. what position is going to be in on top of the fact that Javante said it. he said if it went to championship rounds cool it ended on a one punch you know what I mean KO in a sixth round like what do you want me to say about that is there a point of running it back and then when you ask to me like when you ask the post-fight like press conference stuff like for instance like he's saying when he was pressuring him and everything else like that Javante was like I was moving around the ring to try to get him tired you know what yeah. I mean then yeah. also, too, when you hear him say, like, I expose him, is it the golden boy situation where apparently he exposed and put the blueprint out on Mayweather? When Mayweather dodged, like, 800 and 900 punches? It's like, bro, why would I sit here and even put myself in that position? I, can, I just knocked you out. I told you I was going to knock you out. <laughs> I took your hardest hits. I stood up. You weren't on shit. Like, go home till I figure out what I want to do with you. And now, speaking of the one-hitter quitters, Okay, I
1: am so confused with this Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham situation. I've never seen for those who don't know there's a baseball player that plays for the Giants and there's a baseball player that plays for the Cincinnati Reds. Am I right? Yep. And uh, Jock Peterson who plays for the Giants, uh, there's video of him as like they're like practicing before the game. Yeah. You know, fielding balls or whatever in outfield yeah. and the other guy just slaps him. Bow. He's like a Will Smith joint, right? And the the twist is the interview yeah. where this guy is doing a whole interview narrating how he just got slapped by a guy. And when you find out it's about fantasy football, it was, Man. It was
2: quite – it was crazy. <laughs> no, that's real, brother. When you break it down, like, I once got into a fight with my best friend at uh, my nephew's first birthday weekend over Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Like, so you know what I'm saying? So – it wasn't over Monopoly, but it's deeper than rap. So, when you break down, like, the fantasy situation, you already frustrated. You already know dudes are trying to do bad bad trades on the side. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, I think right. the situation was he held an extra running back or something along those lines. Well, he, he,
1: he kept he kept putting people on injury reserves and just holding them up so
2: nobody else could have them. Yeah, that's uh, – you want to know what it really is. It's like what happens at the lunchroom table. you in that fantasy football group chat. And everybody mm-hmm. like, oh, I bet you won't. Oh, I bet, I bet you won't. Like, you know, and they're going back and forth about this. So he's probably like, bro, it was something stupid in regards to injury reserve. And he's like, yo, it's on site. He got fined 135000 in the missed games because of
1: the suspension. And um, I don't know. I, uh, he said it was big. He said it was big money, though. He said it was big money on the game. He said this wasn't no couple dollars. So I'm assuming. No, I believe
2: it. No, I, I, I truly believe it. I'm just like. Are the suspensions that bad when you when you fight during the game, or was it just bad because you slapped them prior to the game? You know what I'm saying?
1: I think because uh, that wasn't even in the game, right? That's no, interesting. It was, really it's like some, it was on some on some like some bullying type thing. But the funniest part of the whole story was they blamed Mike Trout because they said he he wasn't a good commissioner of the league and he didn't properly regulate activities going on. So uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of right? Greatness going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a democracy. Yeah. So this is a good one for a sneakerhead like you, Et. Nike mm-hmm. and StockX, the resellers platform, uh they're not getting along right now. Nike is actually suing StockX for trademark infringement and selling counterfeit Nikes on the platform. Both really big deals. So what you got, Et?
2: This is an interesting topic, an interesting lawsuit. Because I'm, I'm truly looking forward to the answers on this. Because. When you break it down, I I frequent StockX a lot. You know what I'm saying? So I frequent GOAT. Oh, you frequent GOAT? I I mean, I go on GOAT as well. I do both. But, I mean, before GOAT got on, I was on StockX Heavy. So, sometimes I always wonder, like, is this the real thing? Or am I walking around Mm -hmm. with some foo-foo bang-bang? Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, like, and then also, too, I I love Nike. You know, they're innovators. But they've had a history of being, like, a little – culture vultures yeah culture vultures but also janky and then at the same time uh them janky's aggressive but at the same time like they want to take their power back but i think they want to get on some like they're already on some nation takeover stuff but it's like you're Hmm. trying to you're trying to sue them one for you know fraudulent shoes which could possibly be true but at the same time with nike you never know and then also too i think the next lawsuit is because of the nfts right
1: So the NFTs, uh, StockX is, you know, enter into the metaverse, you know, Web 3.0. And what they're uh, building is, you know, the non-fungible token of it is, you know, you buy this NFT and you'll get uh, access to certain things by having this NFT. So the NFT is basically, uh, it, could, it could be used as like, say like a password to get into a club or, you know, uh, the, the membership to get in a special mm-hmm. club and you get access to things that the regular users can't use. And, you know, there's images of sneakers and that have Nike signs on them. You know, there could be a pair of Nikes or Air Maxes or a pair of Jordans. And what Nike's saying is no. You know, they just bought that big NFT uh, Web3 platform artifact and they've been having some amazing rollouts. Um, they've been doing some pretty innovating things in that world. And Nike says, you know, we're in the metaverse existing on our own platform. And for StockX to have what may look like our products, it may be misinterpreted as a collaboration yeah. with Nike. And we've been getting hit up and saying, are you doing something with StockX? So you're using Nike to uh, level up oh, or to bring more value to your platform when in fact it is in a partnership. Whereas StockX is saying, no, we're not saying we're in a partnership with Nike, but we we do have Nike products as a part of, of our platform. We're a reseller's pr- platform. And Nike's response was, we found fake sneakers on, yeah. <laughs> on StockX. And StockX is like, you got Nike execs and you got Nike folks on StockX, and we know personally that y'all using our stuff. Like, y'all reselling on our platform yeah. as well. So, you just got a lot of dirty laundry being aired on both sides about each company. But it's what you say, E.T. You know, I remember everything you say. Little money never told big money what to do.
2: to do. And it's the truth. And and right now, you see Nike. They got over when they pulled a jug of Foot Locker. You see how they right. low-key crippling Foot Locker. They were like, bro, I was in Foot yes. Locker. At one point, I'm like, damn, this it almost like uh, paid in full. Like, it's dead up here since, Mitch got, uh, since Ace got shot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? y'all, y'all out here right? hurting. But when you break it down as well, you know how much that cripples Foot Locker? Like, if yeah. Back X goes in or Nike goes in and takes back their power, because I feel like they're trying to get on one accord. Damn. They already jugged Amazon, basically, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously one thing is stockx has uh who is it Dan Gilbert?
1: yeah, Dan Gilbert's a big investor.
2: I mean, he's a big investor, he's a billionaire or whatever i mean it's, De- it's Detroit versus Portland right now, so we're gonna see <laughs> who's the, we're gonna see who's the Detroit versus everybody yeah I mean it's chess basically, and when you're you know what I mean right and, and those people it's are chess. finding, you yeah, those people are finding allies and sweet talking what they who they need to in order to get to where they need to go and eventually it's like like you said, you know get down or lay down. correct, but you do have those
1: situations where little money is able to put themselves in a position to go up against big money. And we always keep asking ourselves, is Nike going to have this stronghold on the culture and footwear, streetwear, athleisure, and and be at the forefront of it?
2: Sure, as long as they keep innovating, bro, they're always going to be up towards the forefront. All right, Dre, speaking of fake stuff, this one caught my eye. Last week, Marvel signed a 20-year deal to use the voice, image, and signature of the late, great Stan Lee. It means the Marvel co-creator can pop up in everything from shows to theme parks to cruise ships. So hypothetically, what would you think if a fake Stan Lee got CGI'd into a new Marvel film?
1: I mean, this one is is very interesting to me because I didn't quite understand it, and we have to be careful of you know different cultures we talk about, but there's cultures who don't allow you to talk about them or their, how their money moves. But you know they protect their brand. But I look back at things like you know, and this is an interesting article on Wired about it. The real fan base, the real stands of Stan Lee, pun intended. Yeah. They're saying they don't like the way he's being pimped.
2: Yeah.
1: It feels as if he's being pimped out. He's to sign a 20-year deal. To be in all the Marvel films, they're gonna CGI them in, but it's almost like a posthumous uh, record from a from a uh, from an artist. And you know what Kiss yeah. said: uh, you know, dead rappers get better promotion. Like you always sell yeah. better records after you know yeah. after you were here. Tupac did the um, the hologram at Coachella. Um,
2: Michael Jackson still had, arrived down there.
1: Exactly. And the other thing I wanted to bring up and. You know, we had the same agent, and I don't like talking too much about him because it's just, you know, people always feel like they have this attachment to Kobe that didn't really know him.
2: Yeah, that's it's crazy what's been happening.
1: Right, but the whole Nike thing with Kobe, and, you know, they were going to stop making the shoes, and they were able to renegotiate a deal with the estate, but they're still making Kobe shoes. So, to me, what's the difference in Nike continuing to make Kobe shoes? And I feel like it's a respect thing for, you know, the deal that was done with Marvel and going forward using his uh, his likeness, name, likeness, and image in the films. But, you know, who am I? You know, he got a cult following, the true comic book fans, you know, just feel a certain way about this. But I'm interested on in your take.
2: My only thing is sometimes you have to take a step back and be like, who knew him? And wh- what do you think he wanted? Or did he ask for this? You understand what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day... Yeah. It's not crazy for somebody with a, with a great creative mind to want to be, to take full advantage and want to be remembered forever, to be part of his Marvel movies or something, just a customization that's cool that you built. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, think, mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal because wouldn't you want to be on NBA 2K for the rest of your life so your grandkids, your kids, kids can play or whatever else? Thank you.
1: I, I thought about that exactly, yeah. and I'm glad you brought that up when I was saying, you know, legacy you know, and some people have built such a treasure chest to where I don't have to be pimped out. But for our community, we haven't been in the position to where we can actually build generational wealth. And, you know, you look at some of our forefathers, that money is still working. You know what I mean? The JP Morgans or, you know, um, who's uh, who's from Pittsburgh. You know, all those companies, right? The forefathers and that money is still long and long to this day you know you look at the waltons you know each walton has 5 billion and there's like seven of them <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's extensions to each one of those families like that money's forever and then they marry rich so that you know shout out to uh my my guy josh down in denver you know yeah 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 he's doing his thing you know but he was able to you know run a family business There's nothing wrong with that and this is very similar to where he's saying Carnegie's. I'm sorry. That's what yeah. I was thinking of uh, the Carnegie's. But I would love to be able to have my likeness go on for forever and, you know, just tap it in with my kids. Like, all right, this is how business works. Y'all got to come together and, and y'all, the board members, are making this sure it's done right. Because reading the articles, it sounds like uh, Stan Lee was around 95 when he passed. So he's quite. Or Ninety-four. So he, was, he was a little bit older and he wasn't quite there. And yeah. they were saying that, you know, Stan Lee had a, a manager who was just basically like calling the shots and pimping him out. So I hope that's not the case. If it is, then I understand the gripes. But, you know, that's uh, a real individual who changed yeah. the way we view things. You know, now they're saying that movie theaters have just become – Basically uh Marvel theaters.
2: Those magazine or book type movies are the only ones that really sell out. Everything yes. else, people are like, yes. I, like it's not like it was a Will Smith movie back in the day.
1: Or the Matrix. You know what I mean? Movie like you've had these legacy films and you always pay respect to, you know, yeah. the originators. And when they're long gone, you can just keep doing reboots. Why not pay respect to the originator? And then that money goes respectfully to, you know, whatever trust was put in place. So yeah. That's actually a dope setup. You know, they just did Top Gun again. It was came out in eighty-five. You know what I mean? It's almost been, I don't know, that's twenty seven years, twenty-eight years. Like it's been forever since that movie came out. Yeah. And now my favorite segment, guns and butter. It's our business segment looking at things that appreciate with value and all that other stuff that don't mean shit after you buy it. That's what it's all about. Guns and butter, baby. Last weekend, England had one of the coolest sporting events on the calendar. The richest game in football, quote unquote, a.k.a. the English Championship Promotion Final. The game is worth a minimum of $215 million for the winner, while the loser gets nothing. E.T., you just flew over the water to England to catch a game, so I'm going to kick it to you. What is promotion and what is relegation?
2: So basically, soccer punishes tanking. If you suck, you're out the league. This is for who moves up and who moves down. And it comes with all the bells and whistles, TV money, ticket sales, lead bonuses, everything. Could promotion and relegation really work in the U.S.? You can't
1: do it because every owner in the NBA has an affiliate G League team. So you can't, you know what I'm saying? There's, you know, there's an issue with um, if a player had, if I play for the Warriors and I have an ownership stake in Utah and Utah needs to win one game to get into the playoffs and I play for the warriors and that's the last game of the season. And I just, just so happen to get hurt. There's an issue there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You can't, it, 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 it wouldn't look right. So uh, it's the same thing with promotion relegations is because all the NBA teams on all the G league teams, but we've been talking about player ownership for so long. We've been advocates of it. We're trying to figure out the way. What if it was a pool of all former players and we all were able to buy the G League. And we were in partnership with the NBA. And that was a way for us to have equity stake. And what would you say? The last four teams, the last five teams promoted and relegated? How many teams would you bump in and out the league?
2: I'm on my James Goldstein. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nah>, stop that. <laughs> Until the regular. Nah, honestly, I'd probably say there's 29 teams in the G-League next season, I think. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what I'm speaking on in regards to, you know, what we're saying is a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that you have to, you know, endure in order to make this happen, at least in the NBA, I'm not too sure if it's way different in soccer or not, but you have to endure, like, the media perception of it. Like, it's not like basketball is, is something where it's a pure sport, it's fluid and everything, but... A lot of stuff that builds the players' worth sometimes is a narrative or the story that's being told. Right. It's not like it's like football where, you know, Terrell Owens can come from nowhere state and be one of the best wide receivers ever because you can't fake out bench pressing 25 pounds, to 225, or running a 4 two forty. It's either you do it or you don't. In the NBA, you know what I mean? We had uh, one discussion about, you know, Bob Cousy. Or, you know, right, right. Pistol Pete It's like, these are perceived as some of the top guards ever, and I'm not knocking they are, they are but when you start looking at the numbers, it's like, well, they only average 17-6, and six, shooting 37% from the floor. So you bring in, like, obviously, you see, once you get the boost up, like most of the soccer teams do, it's like 200 million, you're going you're gonna to sign new players. It's like, all right, so then who do you keep on? Who do you do the turnover with? Like, you really have to be cold, cold. There's no such thing as this analytics... Pick up in that sense, or is it more so going back to competitive? Like I'm shutting this dude down. It don't matter what he shoots. Or uh-huh. this, you understand? what I'm saying, like, do you start? Yeah. Do you start building up like the the mental part of it, being like, "Hey, bro, I got to make sure whoever's in this situation knows crunch time is ready to be prepared for," because this this raises the stakes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: But but the question I have is with talent too. You know, you yeah.
2: have a superstar. Do
1: you have a superstar in a lesser league? And they'll just wilting away in a lesser league, and then how do you get out that? And then now you got to get rid of the salary cap. Getting rid of the salary cap actually works only for the top 20 players. and this kind of goes back to what David Falk said when you know a guy like Steph Curry should be making yeah. hundred uh, 100 million a year. You know, then we just see uh, who got Mbappe. Just got that crazy. Yeah, dude, that crazy. He?
2: Yeah, but then when you break it down, those are two different. Hundred million after taxes. Yeah, but like per year, uh, crazy. Yeah, and he got the. He basically got to choose. He basically got to choose the, the mascot, the new team name, like the, the sporting <laughs> director. But what <laughs> he I'm saying GM, is,
1: you got to. You get to choose
2: the coach and the GM. Yeah, but what, what, like you said, like the no max will only affect twenty dudes. So at the end of the day, those are guys are pretty much. Business partners in the NBA or the owners, it's like that's on the owners to treat them different. You understand? what I'm saying yeah, like but not- but you,
1: you, it just takes away it takes away the middleman. So there's no more mid level. There's no more you know. Would a guy like Rudy Gobert get the same contract? You know what I mean? Because because supermaxes or so guys can't yeah, yeah. technically leave their market, so they can stay in smaller markets yeah. that's competitive. Um, you know, balance. So you wouldn't have guys like Gordon Hayward. Like you would have like I'm not saying they're not they're not Worthy. I'm just saying they're not superstars, but they make the max, so their tier would drop yeah, dramatically. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they, might be making, making, yeah. they might make making. They might it five million instead of thirty.
2: Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? So you're right. Yeah, absolutely. It's
1: like a whole new system, but um, you won't have any tanking. But then you'll have all the stars playing. I mean, when that system, you should have all your star players playing. It's essentially, like Andre Iguodala wouldn't be in the finals. It'd be like uh the All Star game, but for real.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's real That's real
1: You know what I'm saying, like you'll have, you'll have the top You'll have the top four scores in the league You'll have the top, you know, uh passers In the league on one team, you'll have the top rebounders So everybody on each team, especially The teams that spend the most, you know They would get the best of, of, of Whatever's there, the best six man on both yeah. teams Would be yeah, there, so yeah, you can yeah. get some high end basketball You know, but I mean, it'll wipe out It'll be tough for smaller markets who don't spend as much So it's a very, very interesting concept But I like the concept of, uh some ownership of players in there, uh ownership of players in the in a different type of league. Maybe that's how you can technically build like I guess you get rid of NCAA basketball. All the all the top crop players, like, you know, Kentucky would be a professional basketball team, yeah. Arizona would be, North Carolina yeah. would be, Duke would be a professional team. Those yeah. teams could be really profitable owned by too. Alumni. Yeah. Ohio yeah. State. You can have alumni owning mm. parts of the team and, and, yeah. and, and, and essentially that's like your 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 um your lesser leagues that gets built up because there's the there's the G League. There's the uh, NCAA league and then the big three, you know what I'm saying? You got 24, 25-year-olds in the big three, which is crazy to me. But you got these different yeah, leagues and they can be ways too. to tear up. Yeah, there's ways you can tear them up and you can have the top two leagues. You know, um, you know there's a couple basketball leagues out there
2: with some, the some solid
1: play. And then I, I think I spoke about this on the pod before in terms of, you know, the technology. They're always years ahead of what's coming next. Like iRobot is like nobody would thought. That would be something that's happening uh, anytime soon. But here we are, you know, we got robots running around. But they got the that airplane that's gonna be like, you know, it can fly two times as fast as it can right now. So now you can get to London in, you know, three, it's a three hour flight, two hour flight, as opposed to eight hour flight or six hour flight. You know what I mean? You can get everywhere much quicker. So it's like now you can house teams. You can have an NBA team in Japan if you can get there a little quick.
2: Man, that's quicker. Real. And you can have
1: that's desk. That'd be dope. I would play there. Like, yeah. knowing what I know now, I'm thinking to myself, bro, I can really see myself getting drafted by Vancouver. Like, Vancouver is dope,
2: or yeah, Toronto man. is dope. Yeah, Vancouver. Got some dope places out nah, there. There's a lot of dope places in Canada, for sure. In the world. Yeah. There's a lot of
1: dope places in the world, and we Very don't sure. allow ourself, ourselves as Americans to really appreciate what's going on in the world because of the narrative that's put on America's The Greatest Place, and as we're seeing with a lot of things that are going on in our country, nonsense. This place is this place is one of the uh, more miserable places in the world to live. It's pretty crazy. You look at the happiest places to live in the world, and it's like, why are they happy? And then yeah. you look at, like, you know, everyone has health care. Everyone has free education.
2: Yeah, just dump like, stuff. I read yeah.
1: someone, yeah, just dump stuff like that. But there's some dope places in the world. No, the
2: gun control average. is good elsewhere. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Like, we're the only place that keeps having this happen over and over and over, and over again. You know, them, just them people. I don't speak about
2: And that's it for this episode of Point Forward. For Andre Igadala, I'm Evan Turner. Appreciate everyone for dropping in with us. Please rate, subscribe, and share.